This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. A lesson that I teach about uh, lessons themselves, and not every lesson is for you. And how do we recognize what lesson is for us? Is by resonating with us. And so if you hear something during the week and it resonates with you, write it down, capture it, create a system to access it. It's uh, your intuition telling you, hey, be aware of this lesson. I don't know when it's going to be relevant or mean something to you, but I am telling you that through it's resonating with you, it means something. And so I try to do this every month. Uh, share the greatest lessons that we've learned, the greatest takeaways that we've learned. And I was hoping, Colleen, that maybe you could get us started and let us know your greatest takeaway or your greatest lesson for the week. I would love that. Yes, and while we're reading, everyone would like to share their takeaway. Please raise your hand uh, so I can bring you up stage and, uh, and have you share as we continue on. Uh, so my take this week is... There has been a lesson you've taught for a while, and it's living in the world of more than enough. And so two types of people, people that see living in the world of more than enough and people that see living in the world of not enough. And as a secondary layer, one of the things you said at a meetup this week down in San Diego at the town and country was the idea of redistribution. So if you're looking for more than enough, or if you're looking for less than enough, that's exactly what's going to come your way. And so understanding exactly what it is that you want to be looking for every day so that you can clear the path of interference to that, more than enough is going to be your way. I thought that was so powerful. I thought that was a great lesson to remind yourself of continue to know that you're living in the world of more than enough and there is enough for everyone. I thought that was great. I want to speak to that. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting because what prompted me was my takeaway of the week, which is the future is infinite. If you believe, think, feel, and do as if the universe is infinite, the future is it. It has more than enough of everything for everyone. Uh, the difficult thing to understand beyond the faith that there's more than enough in the future for you and everyone else is that the future distributes itself in a disproportionate manner. I'm going to repeat that. My takeaway is the future, which I believe, think, say, do, and feel is infinite in its nature. It has more than enough of everything for everyone, distributes itself in a disproportionate manner. And what I mean by that is that it distributes more than enough to those who think, say, do, feel, and believe more than enough and it distributes not enough to those who believe things they do as if there's not enough so one simple mindset shift by shifting a paradigm from not enough being a victim having things happening to you to a world of more than enough of everything for everyone can instantaneously provide you that disproportionate distribution that you're looking for and so many people, whether they have 10,000 things or zero things, live in a world equal to less than the world in which they perceive of more than enough or not enough. Don't be a victim. Don't live in the world of why me. Live in the world of try me. Think, say, do, believe, and feel as if there's more than enough. And get your 
disproportionate distribution of more than enough. Uh, so that's funny that both both of our takeaways were quite relative and aligned with one another. Thank you so much, Colleen. I also want to remind everyone that uh, in today, as we have exercises, guides, and my books are relative to any of the takeaways, I'm more than happy to send those to you for free. So just email me, david at email.com. I will sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping. Most of the people in this community have already got it. But if your friend needs one, go ahead, email me, send it to them as well. Uh, and we are moving and grooving as well. Colleen, who do you want me and where do you want me to go for our next tech takeaway? Yeah, that would be great. We have another takeaway here from uh, our fantastic Alex. If Alex, you want to unmute yourself. And, and while she's doing that, let's remind, uh, let's just set a reminder here. Share the room. Uh, bring in your community here. This is such a powerful session on Friday mornings. Um, please hit that share button and, uh, and add your friends. Uh, Alex, we'd love for you to unmute yourself and share your takeaway. Thank you so much. Happy Friday, everyone. My takeaway of the week is actually kind of similar to that. And I'm going to keep it simple. It's if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> That's an oldie but a goodie. And I think it was Henry Ford that said that, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And what it does is poses the true paradigm shift between I am and this is what I think am. Uh, which is different from I am and this is what I want other people to think I am. That may contribute to the interference between you and your potential. But that which exists between you and your potential is your idea of what you are and the perception of what you are. Because you will never overachieve your own self-image. We limit ourselves by thinking we can or we can't do something. Now, if we think we can, that doesn't guarantee we can. But what it does guarantee is the delta what it does guarantee is the instantaneous result of good behavior of doing your best learning lessons and having fun in its snapshot you may not be able to do thing that you think you can do in its snapshot but in the infinite realm eventually you will be able to do it and the only guarantee that you have that you won't be able to do it is when you think you can't and so maybe it will take you more than one lifetime in order to dunk basketball. But the delta is what we're really looking for, the progress. And good behavior creates good progress, bad behavior, like thinking I can't, doing things as if I can't, will absolutely result in bad progress and limit us because we never will overachieve own image. And we don't want to regulate a snapshot of, a circumstance that we may not actually achieve what we thought we could achieve, that does not stop us from achieving it. It is just allowing us to learn more lessons so that we can achieve it. Uh, that is a Henry classic, uh, not vehicle, but idea. Thanks so much, Alex. I appreciate you getting up early and giving us your input and your takeaway for the week. All right, Colleen, let's keep the party starting and rolling. Uh, who do you have up next and what can I do to help? Great. Well, uh, we're putting Marissa up next. While we're waiting here, we've got a great takeaway here from Tech Talk. So I just wanted to read this off and get your thoughts on it. Sure. Uh, this is in an inner treasure grown within me as I trust in faith. Therefore, circumstances cannot touch it. 
Well, I think that's a great takeaway. Um, obviously, a little bit more in depth and complex uh, than some of the more forward and simple takeaways. Um, what I hear or see in that statement is the understanding of today and the external circumstances of today and the trajectory of where we want to be. Most people attach their emotions to outcomes far beyond a reality of what they need to do today. And it results in a lack of ability to prioritize what they want to do today in order to get or achieve what they think they want in the future. And so understanding the external circumstances today relative to what you want today, relative to the meaning that you give what you want today, and also with detachment of emotions relative to where you think you want to be, or even better, taking into account there's a weighted balance each day, and the weight that you put on the balance of your own personal activities, experiential activities, giving activities, and receiving activities, the weight that you give that is the only thing that is relative to the external circumstances. The trajectory where you think you want to be is not relative to external circumstances, and the lessons that you give to the past from failure, setbacks, defining moments, historical relevances, all those different things of the past have nothing to do with what's outside of you. The only thing that you utilize what's outside of you today is to determine the weighted balance of today of the activities in which you feel will put you onto a better path that will aggregate, accelerate, and compound exponentially where you want to be. So if you're looking at the weather, interest rates, if you're looking at a relationship that may not be where you want it to be, a flat tire, your in-laws, vacation in Hawaii, if you're Nick out there listening, because it's three in the morning in Hawaii, those are external circumstances in which only have impact on the weighted balance for today. They do not impact the lessons that you've learned from the past, the light, the love that we found from those lessons. And it definitely does not impact our trajectory for a future, but it will impact how we weight and balance our personal experiential giving and receiving activities during today. Because the external circumstances have one common denominator, they will change. And so if we give them any more power over us, other than to determine a weight balance today, we are putting ourselves into dis-ease. We are relying on something that does not have stable data and efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success in our journey will be impacted in a negative manner or dis-ease or a interference to what we want or better. Uh, so uh, thank you, Colleen, for that uh, in-depth and complex TikToker. Uh, you know, years ago, you weren't hearing those kind of comments on TikTok. But today, with the billions of people that are participating in TikTok, you get everything from aliens to dancing bears uh, to all types of news, real news, fake news, separate news, and uh, hyper-complex philosophical uh, takeaways as well, which I... Uh, now enjoy TikTok for that reason. But uh, thank I think Marissa's up next, Colleen. Yes, Marissa, would you mind unmuting yourself? 
Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning. Hello, hello. Um, my quote of the week or takeaway is, I'm not an imposter, I'm just a beginner. I love that one. I feel like it's really applied to um, some growth that I felt this week. I love that. I haven't heard that, actually. And uh, I love that. I'm not an imposter. I'm just a beginner. Well, imposter lives in a void. And the imposter lives between two places. I am. And this is what I want people to think I am. That's, that house in between those two places is where people define themselves as imposter. So what I hear in that takeaway is you are not living in that void. That you're just a beginner, and that's what I am. I am a beginner who will do their best, learn lessons, and have fun, and not putting any energy of what I think, say, do, believe, or feel on what I want people to think I am, or better than I am, or worse than I am, or from what I am. I think it's fine to say, and you should say it every day, because if you're not beginning something each day, if you're not beginning and learning, doing your best and having fun each day, then you won't receive the disproportionate distribution from the future. You won't receive the lessons, the light, and the love that we're here in order to uh, enjoy, we're here to experience and so to remind ourselves that we're not an imposter we don't care what other people think we are we are a beginner and each day we are a beginner of that day each time we start something new we're a beginner of that and it's much better to be in a beginner of i am than an imposter of is what i want people to think i am uh i hope all young people are listening uh especially i feel uh, when I watch social media, that there's many people that haven't experienced that void shortage or obstacle yet that feel like they have to have people think that live perfect and that they, you know, are more successful or more experienced, more happy, more wealthy, more worthy than they really are. I am a beginner today at 6.16 a.m. Pacific time, and I do my best to spend some moments being an imposter of worrying about what other people think I am. Very proud of you, Marissa. I love you and always have your back. Thank you for joining me. And Thank Colleen, you. love you. All right, Colleen, where do you want me to go next? fantastic group members he mentions in as far as the imposter syndrome um is it an indicator that your ego is being challenged um i so let me explain the ego because i think that that's a great question um i don't think ego can be challenged uh here's and this is the way that i see it um you know i don't know what i don't know but it seems to work uh I am in the practice of identifying fear. So I know there's only fear of the past and fear of the future. Fear of the past is resentment and guilt-based. Fear of the future stems from worry and anxiety, trying to control external circumstances and my future of I actually know what I don't know. So if I can get into the practice of identifying when I'm in fear, 
I then know that human nature has an inherent defense mechanism to fear. And that inherent defense mechanism to fear is ego. I do know that ego edges God out of my life, edges gold out of my life, edges goodness out of my life. And so not only do I have to identify fear, fear of the past and fear of the future, I now have to explore what type of defense mechanisms I implore to which type of fear. And so if it's a fear of a loss of a loved one, it may be a need to be separate or be anxious, a need to be right, a need to be offended could be a defense mechanism for something else, a need to be inferior, superior, uh, resentful, guilty, worried, depressed, whatever the ego does in order to effectuate its natural course of human nature, which is to evoke itself when we are afraid. And so uh, what I see is the ego is unless you can give yourself an egoectomy, which I don't think would happen, it would create a whole bunch of other problems and also protecting your physical flesh. But more importantly, uh, the ego itself needs to be minimized, uh, not dissolved. So when we're afraid, which will happen every day, we'll be afraid of something relative to the past or relative to our future. When we are afraid, if we can see the clues and patterns, of our ego and how it evokes itself as a defense mechanism about certain fears, we then can utilize a minute and moment strategy to spend less time in that ego-based consciousness, less time interfering, F-E-A-R, interfering with our potential or with our trajectory or with our journey towards what we want or better. And so I see uh, takeaway as uh, a very clear depiction of how do we maximize our time in the flow at ease? How do we minimize dis-ease? Because fear causes dis-ease. Ego evoked into interference in order to protect us from that dis-ease creates more disease. It accelerates us in the wrong direct trajectory, more resistance, void shortages and obstacles. So as we realize that we're part and parcel of an omniscient, powerful, all-knowing source that loves us, protects us, promotes us more than our mom, and lives in the world of more than enough, the infinite world of more than enough, a unified, abundant, infinite source of thought, that we can realize that the disproportionate distribution is ours by identifying fear, fear of the past and fear of the future, practicing identifying which ego-based consciousness that we evoke to that fear, and then use time as a dependent variable to minimize the interference and to maximize the ease and minimize the disease. And uh, this is to me a, you know, for me, a construct of life that has allowed me to utilize all the light, the love, and the lessons that I've been given, all the infinite power that I've been given. Most people can't keep up with me, not because I have more energy, it's because I don't interfere with the energy that we all share, the equal energy that we all share. 
I'm getting a disproportionate distribution of energy because I am at ease, not at dis-ease. And I wish that for everyone. And I do have an exercise that I can send to everyone about ease and dis-ease and about identifying fear. So if you would like that, or I can throw in my book, david at dmelzer.com. Uh, would love to be able to share those ideas with you and have you utilize it as a practice uh, in your own life to maximize the infinite nature in which you have inherent within yourself. Okay, Colleen, we're rocking and rolling now. Who's up next? Awesome. I just want to reset the room. I work, I'll have you take a takeaway uh, from online, and then we're going to have Ron come up and unmute himself. But in the meantime, I just want to reset here. Please make sure to share the room in the fantastic community. Uh, don't hesitate to email Dave for, like he said, his free book, his free resources. He's got tons of guides on all the material we're talking about today. Um, so let's go ahead and take one from online, and then we'll have Ron come up and unmute himself. Yes, I just want to acknowledge we were in October, and I didn't say this. We're now at 24 years of doing free Friday trainings, and they have grown from when I was with Lee Steinberg, Sports and Entertainment, from a couple people on a Friday uh, at lunchtime coming in for free lunch to motivate or stimulate them for free Friday training to almost 100,000 people registered for uh, our training. And... Uh, <clears throat> just blessed uh to think that over 24 years things have aggregated accelerated and compound um all right online those thank, thank you by the way uh online veronica says my biggest takeaway for this week is knowing not believing but knowing that there is someone that takes care of everything for me my job is to trust yeah this is a foundational principle uh and people confuse it uh, because they try to separate us by religion, philosophy, theory, or spirituality. Um, I challenge everyone almost every week uh, because I use this takeaway as, for me, the best option of faith. Uh, this takeaway is exemplary of gratitude of the future of recognizing more than enough of everything for everyone. This takeaway is to me the foundational principle, regardless of your religion, philosophy, theory, or spirituality, that there is something bigger than you. There's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. Define it as you wish, according to your religion, according to your philosophy, according to theory and spirituality. Define it as you wish. But I'm challenging everyone. For me, I just take the best option of what to believe in, have faith in. Because with that faith that there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that protects, promotes me, and loves me more than my mom, I now can decipher the radical humility that I don't know that I don't know, but I need to do my best, learn lessons, and have each trajectory of where I want to be or better, learning lessons from the past, Losses, failures, shortages, voids, obstacles, successes, defining moments, historical relevances. It doesn't matter. But this takeaway says that someone takes care of everything for me. And your only focus is to trust that, to have faith that you're protected and promoted and that you just don't have the capability to understand things like how not getting the business deal, how losing your job, how losing all your money, how losing a relationship, 
how, you know, uh, atrocities and tragedies, natural and unnatural occur, losses occur. Your job is not to take care of that. Your job is to trust that it's already taken care of. That these circumstances that are outside of us are only indicators that we have a better place to be in a better position to be in. We just don't have the capabilities to understand it. And as I got older, <clears throat> one of the advantages is that that lesson reveals itself again and again. The most challenging seasons of my life have become the ones that have propelled me into a better place and a better position, not punished me into a worse one. And with that mindset to receive the disproportionate distribution, even when there's pain, setbacks, and failures, indicating not that I'm being punished, but promoted, propelled, and protected. Uh, this is a cornerstone. And if anyone has your option to believe in, define it as you want. I'm not concerned if you call it God, Jesus, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, or a pencil. I care what you define it as. I'm challenging you to come up with something better to believe in, to trust in, to have faith in, to have gratitude in towards the future than something bigger than you, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom. I challenge you, let me know what it is, I'll believe in it. But so far, with the millions of people that I reach, nobody has come up with a better option. They all find it differently and they have all those different names for it god jesus muhammad joseph smith buddha i've heard it all i haven't heard the pencil but if that's what you believe pencil does I, i'm okay with it it doesn't matter how you define it with a label labels are for shampoo not for your source you can label it however you want but tell me something better to believe in because that's the cornerstone to the propulsion to the protection to the promotion that all of us are already inherited for our disproportionate distribution in the infinite, abundant, all-knowing, all-powerful. <clears throat> I love that takeaway, Veronica. Thank you as well for joining us. Okay, Colleen, about halfway, and uh, who's up next? Yeah, that was fantastic. Really powerful. Uh, we're going to bring up Ron. Ron, please share your takeaway. Awesome. Uh, everybody can hear me? I can hear you. Yep. Awesome. Good morning. Colleen, thanks for having me on, and congratulations to you and Mike again for your babies. So that's always on my mind. So it seems the theme this week for me, Mike, the way is a community. Um, and I know Dave from the beginning that I met you and, and reading the book, you're you know, real big about community. And I think because uh, I'm getting more involved in, in my nonprofit, I'm out there more. Um, I've been to some local uh, chamber of commerce is doing some uh, talks. I actually got invited to speak with a, a lady who's running for mayor in New Jersey. So um, they're interested in what I'm doing, and I'm interested in how I can be able you know, help them. And just being out there more in the community, um, I'm not shocked, but I'm just still amazed. You know, my thing is food for feeding people. The amount of people that are still in need um, that, you know, I was in my bubble with, with my business side of it, just going day to day, and now being out there in the community, just realizing uh, it's like an endless thing of uh, a way that we need of service 
to all these different entities, churches and pantries and things like that. Um, I had lunch with a, a power partner, I guess you want to call it, that I met three years ago. And I stopped going after COVID. I stopped going to network networking events just because of the business. I was busy, um, which I know I shouldn't be using that word, but that was my excuse. And she said to me yesterday, we had lunch that I'm seeing you out there more in the community. And I have uh, a lot of people I want to introduce you to. And I was just shocked. I'm looking at an email on my over screen right now. She keeps, keeps emailing the introductions to people that she thinks that I could be of assistance to and vice versa. So David, your, your thing on community, it's just, it's just amazing how these teachings just keep popping up. And I shared with you this morning, I did my meditation, I walked and I saw that piece of trash sitting by a trash can, like they missed it. And, you know, I picked it up and threw it in, uh, like, you know, pick up some trash, whatever, you know, and, but I had a weird feeling this morning when I did, I guess just because of this, the way this week was, it was like almost the universe and the earth was like saying, hey, thanks for doing that, for putting that piece of trash in the trash can for, you know, our little community here where I live at Jersey. So that's my takeaway is um, be part of your community and do what you can to be kind to people. Hey, what a great takeaway. We always say be kind to your future self, do good deeds. Imagine if everyone on earth, simply when they saw trash run, picked it up and put it in an appropriate place. Imagine what impact it would have on the earth. If everyone on earth did a simple good deed that when they saw trash that was not in an appropriate place, like next to the trash can, actually leaned over the second and picked it up and put it in the trash can or in its appropriate place. Imagine 7.6 billion people every single day doing that. Imagine the impact it would have on the earth. Imagine how much less plastic would go in the ocean, how much less plastic would go into our own distribution systems. But it happens with community. You know, when I started uh, my mission, of teaching people to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. The mission was based off of empowering people to empower people to empower people. It was about a community like this training now, these Friday trainings, a community of almost 100,000 people that are here to help each other and know people that can help each other. I have a Monday group. Uh, Ron, you belong to it. A Monday group yeah, I try my best to do what we're doing here today to give more specifics and then generalities on how I can be of service or value or who I know that can help be of service or value. And this community that we built on Fridays and on Mondays and on office hours and on TV shows and the podcast and the thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews that we've done are a community of people that want to help each other, know people that can help each other unintentionally but with faith you are experienced what i do which is a disproportionate distribution of what i want or better there's a ton of people that buy from me and sell for me not just items or solutions and services but ideas of how to make money how to help people how to have fun and why are those three things critical to me because i've met millions of people in my life and I've never met anyone who makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people, has a little fun each day that is not happy, that is not at ease, 
that hasn't dissipated and dissolved most of the dis-ease from their life that are allowing the light, the love, and the lessons to flow through them and liberating others with the same light, love, and sense. And that's what you're doing and experiencing when you're receiving all of these emails of people who are buying from you and selling for you, feeding people, feeding seniors that are incapable of feeding themselves, delivering meals to those that need them most each day, the essentials, right? There, there's four essentials determinative upon the dependent variable of time, right? Air is the number one essentials. We should all be giving our attention and intention on making sure we have clean air and that we breathe appropriately because it is required a necessity and we require it within minutes. If you don't get it, you die. Next is water. If you don't get it within a certain amount of time, more than air, more time air, but you die. Then it's food. If you don't get it, it takes longer than air and water, you will die. And then finally, sleep. Eventually, if you don't get it, you will die. And so you are wondering where I prioritize my efforts and why I highly suggest supporting communities like ours with Ron to feed people, to give them food and water, if you're not a breast specialist like Wim Hof, I get it. That's fine. Or you don't have a solar company or some other uh, resolve to our quality of air issues. Then help with food, help with water, help yourself with sleep. Go on YouTube. It's a third of your life. Learn how to breathe. Study Wim Hof. Study other people. If not, just breathe through your nose and out through your mouth every time you identify fear and reaction to it. Put yourself at ease. You will be in a community of people that can help one another, know people that can help their people that will buy from you and sell for you for a lifetime. Ron, I love having you in my community. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, Andrew. Have a great day. Thank you, David. Thank you. And by the way, we would love, I know all of us here today uh, on our Friday free Friday, Join us on our Monday uh, office hours group. Uh, we'd love to have you join us every Monday, changing the hours around the world. But email me, david at dmelzer.com, if you'd like to join our Monday group. It is an exceptional community as well as the Friday trainings, david at dmelzer.com. If you'd like a greater level of intimacy with a greater private networking community group, to be of service and of value. If you're a person who want to help each other and know people that can help each other, then join us at Monday. Well, uh, thank you. Colleen, you want to reset the room? Yes, let's reset the room here for the second half of uh, training day. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this community. I see those numbers coming up, so really appreciate that. Um, Ron, what an amazing reminder of just a small good deed. What an impact it can have on your own community. Um, let's bring up Oliver here for the next take. Oliver, if you wouldn't mind, meet yourself and I'm going to forward to your share. Yes, yes. Happy Friday, everyone. David, thank you for 24 years of excellence. My big takeaway of the week is you know, how important it is to really put intention and really, you know, identify 
what it is that you do not know and what it is that you do know. And then also even further than that is, you know, putting attention towards strategically asking for help, you know, whether it be identifying who it is in your network and your community or your mentors that, that will be able to help you with the lack of knowledge that you do have in a specific field. And then even, you know, deeper in thought, right? Just imagine a world where, you know, we want all 7 billion plus people were willing to ask others for help and where we would be as a society, everyone was willing to do that. Right. That's my takeaway. So I would love to hear your thoughts, David. Oh, I'll tell you this. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that because when people ask me, what's the one thing you would tell yourself when you were younger, when you're 18 or 28, 38 or 48, what would you tell yourself? And I always answer three words, ask, for help. The fastest way to get to where you want to be is to find someone in the situation you want to be in. And those people that sit in those situations can do three things for you. One, they can give you directions. They can mentor you and give you directions on how to get where they are or beyond. They can teach you. They can teach you the dummy tax, the lessons, the light and the love that they've learned when following those steps in order to get to where they are or beyond. Or they could just coach you. They could bring out the best of you to sustain the enjoyment of the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of that location or better their potential. And some of the greatest mentors, some of the people that sit in a situation that you want to be in or better that you ask for help from can do all three. They can give you directions, they can teach you how to take those steps, as well as bring out the best in you to give you the desire that you must be what you can be in order to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. Most people find a very difficult challenge in number one, being consistent, and number two, being persistent, let alone enjoying being consistent and enjoying being persistent. Those people that have learned to shift their own perspective and meaning in persistency are the ones who have the greatest aggregation, the greatest acceleration, the greatest exponentiality of outcomes, and are receiving their disproportionate distribution of the infinite. And so I highly suggest that the fastest and easiest way to get to where you want to be is to live in radical humility and admit you don't know what you don't know. And therefore, because we've been blessed with a great technology that has increased the size, scope, and scale of the audience, addressable audience, the total addressable market or audience that is there, that you spend the majority of your time when you figure out what you want, to ask for help by spending your time figuring out who can help you and who you can help and asking for help, allow them to pull a chair up at their table, but don't forget to pull a chair up at yours. Uh, this is a great question. It's a priority in my life to remind myself it is not within uh, human nature to feel that it's humble to ask for help. Uh, we feel it's humble to give, not receive. But when you live in a value-add world, not a zero-sum game, when you're not trading, negotiating, and competing, providing judgments, which are just opinions based on doubt and fear. When you live in this 
value add abundant world, you will realize that radical humility doesn't just exist in giving, it actually exists in asking for help. Uh, excellent, Oliver. I appreciate you as well waking up early. It's amazing uh, all of these people participating, almost at 100,000 registered just on the webinar, let alone all the other platforms that we're on. I thank you so much for being a part of the community. Invite more people that wanna help each other. Invite more people that know people that wanna help each other. Invite into our community here at the Breakfast of Champions. Colleen, who's up next? Yes, thank you so much. I have always loved that definition of happiness, the persistent, consistent pursuit of your potential. I think that is incredible. Um, what I want to do here is just a reminder, don't forget to email Dave if you want his book, his free guides. Let's take one online, and then we'll bring up Justin for his takeaway of the week. I appreciate that. All right, my biggest is from <clears throat> Reluca there. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that fear for the future, faith of the future, both required to believe in something you cannot see. So which one will you choose? Well, for me, it's best option, right? So I'll, I'll give you an example. So on anything that I can't prove or I don't understand, uh, for me, the mathematical logical step is to pick the better one, the one that's most aligned with the trajectory where I want to be or better. And so there's so many different questions out there that require faith or lack of understanding, you know, like, oh, uh, do you believe in one lifetime or multiple lifetimes? Well, in the trajectory where I want to be or better, the best option is do I want one life or do I want many lives? Well, my mission in life is to empower as many people, to empower others, to empower others. Uh, my mission in life is to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. Therefore, it would be a lot easier if I had more than one try. So the best option is to not follow fear that only one life and this is it. So I just utilize the best option of faith <clears throat> and believe that I'm being protected and promoted into a trajectory of where I want to be or better. Therefore, I choose to believe without any proof, without any knowledge that there's more than one life. But notate that I don't know what I don't know and I don't project my faith to other people. I allow them to utilize their own decision-making of what they want. Do they want to distribute and distribute disproportionate distribution of the infinite or do they want to not believe that there's an infinite not believe that there's more than enough it is their choice not mine i believe that i get a disproportionate distribution of the infinite believing what i believe in the world of more than enough of everything for everyone by being kind to my future self, by doing good deeds by picking up the trash and putting it into appropriate place and encouraging others to do the same, but putting no judgment on them at all. I believe that picking up trash, if all of us did it and put it in appropriate place, would have a huge impact, a positive impact. If you don't believe that, I get it. And I'm not telling you that you're a good or a bad person for doing that. I just am sharing my belief that doing that will impact, have a positive impact on the world. And I think a lot of people, create resistance, shortages, voids, and obstacles out of their radical humility, out of doing good deeds, 
by creating separation, inferiority, or superiority in something that they don't know against or with people who believe in a future of fear or the future of faith. It's your choice. I'm going to think, they do believe and feel in a trajectory of what I want, which is to receive a disproportionate distribution of the infinite by being more than enough of everything, by doing good deeds, by learning lessons, having fun, by doing my best, all the different things that have situated that abundance in my life. And I want to share it with others so that they can test what I believe. Notice what I said, test what I believe. You know, I look and look at timing and risk tolerance when I'm testing things. I do a lot of wacky things, you know, beyond meditation, which when I started meditating, I thought that was super wacky. Uh, I trace calligraphies. It takes about a minimum 10 minutes a day for me to trace calligraphies. It has very little risk, but it works for me. Do I believe it'll work for everyone? I don't know but I know it has very little risk and it works for me. And so I share things that have very little risk and work for me, like saying, thank you. Saying thank you takes 0.1 seconds and it's free. So I say it before I go to bed and when I wake up, it has extremely little risk. And it works not only for me, but for billions of people as they have testified how important gratitude is. So I think we, put our attention and attention on the resistance and the separation and the judgments and conditions instead of on the opportunities, options, touches of favor and choices by allowing the open minds and the open hearts and the open hands to align these different philosophies, strategies, spiritualities, religions, all these beliefs, align those what's best for you and your timing and risk tolerance. Uh, excellent. Uh, thank you so much for that. All right, uh, Colleen, Justin is up. That's it. Yeah, Justin, if you wouldn't mind, unmute yourself and share your takeaway. Yeah, happy Friday, everybody. The leak is that the um, sometimes the people that we disagree with most are the ones we can learn the most from. So no short and sweet, but kind of a realization epiphany I've had this week that I wanted to share. I think that's great. The people that we most disagree with. So disagreement is a form of resonation. Uh, when things resonate with us, uh, they either make us feel good or they are in dis-ease or disagreement with us. Both somehow are an intuitive resonation. It resonates with us. When something resonates with us, it is putting us at an extreme ease or extreme ease. And then we feel uh, the awareness uh, that it means something. And so I think that's a great indicator, pain as well as an indicator in the same respect, that when we're in disagreement, raise your awareness, be more interested and interesting. And how do we do that? See, a lot of people, when they get that intuitive resonance that occurs by disagreement they put up walls by a need to be right or a need to be offended and need to be separate and need to be inferior and need to be uh, superior what i suggest you do is instead of utilizing those ego-based consci consciousnesses to edge goodness and gold and greatness and god out of your life simply breathe 
when you're in disagreement with an idea or someone or something, I suggest that instead of creating resistance, create interest. Instead of creating resistance, create interest. Be more interested than interesting. Ask, why do you think that? Would it help you if? Do you want to help me? Seek to meet people where they're at and understand where they're at in order to effectuate the ease and commonality between you and look to see how you actually agree and where this separation has occurred by a fundamental invisible assumption that you or they have made. And we see this all the time that, you know, there are so many different issues that separate us with an invisible assumption that is actually one of discord and ease, meaning that we all agree upon. So I touch on a very sensitive issue, but I see it all the time uh, because of disagreement and agreement of people. Uh, if, for example, somebody agrees or disagrees with abortion or the timing of abortion, in the end, you may want to ask, you know, why do you do that? And they may say, well, I don't believe in murder. Oh, so you're making an invisible assumption that after month, month, nine months, 18 months, 24 months, that it is defined as murder. And before that, it's not. Therefore, we're in agreement because we both don't believe in murder. We're just questioning when does murder occur? You know, what if I believed that murder was only after you were 21 years old? If that was my belief, that the human fetus was not fully developed until 21 years old, therefore, it doesn't do anything to get rid of something less than 21 years old. Now, people would be in heavy disagreement with me if I believe that. But we both have an invisible assumption that murder is wrong. <laughs> and yet all this discord and disagreement over what can be proved or not proved is arbitrary, capricious, and a part of a participation in a perception. Now, this is a grossly atrocious example, but it's one which effectuates so many people that create disagreement when they're actually in agreement, but they're just not more interested than interesting. So I love your takeaway, Justin, that we should pay attention to pain, setbacks, failures. We should pay attention to those indicators we have a better place and a better position to be in. But another indicator is disagreement. We actually should be paying more attention and being more interested in those that disagree with us to figure out where our invisible assumptions lie, where our agreements lie, where we can bond together and learn to appreciate, that means to add value, appreciate our differences, not create more disease, but more ease through understanding, not forcing someone to change or being offended or need to be right or any other ego-based consciousness that we project onto others. We are part and parcel of a unified, infinite system of thought. Why interfere with it? Seek out an appreciation, not only of how we're similar, 
how we're different as well. Add value to how we are the same and how we are different. And this will dissolve and dissipate the interference between us and create more ease, more love, more light, and more lessons that we can learn from each other. That's why I finish up almost every interview and content from TV shows, movies, free trainings, group, all the shit that I do with Be More Interested. Interesting. That's why I want you all to join our communities that we participate in to share in the appreciation of how we can help each other and no people could help each other. The appreciation of how we're the same and how we are different. Thank you, Justin. What a great insight that was. Colleen, we have about five more minutes. Do we have time for someone else? Absolutely, yes. I'd love to bring up Gigi here to share takeaway. Awesome. Thank you, Gigi. Hello, good morning. And uh, I appreciate Colleen for moderating the room. A few takeaways. And the first one is from uh, the Tao Te Ching. Do you think you can take over the universe and improve it? I don't believe it can be done then. Sacred, you cannot improve it. If you try to change it, you ruin it. If you try to hold it, you lose it. And when I read this, I finally understood diamond and what you talk about. The second one is power of consistency, because you say things six months ago that wouldn't I didn't understand it. The more I mean, the more I understood. And the last one is uh when I, my ego kicks in, I'm like the fight first minute suck and just and see what can I learn from it. And I started to be more interested. And that is a huge shift in my life, uh, which helped me with chance and everything. So I just want to say thank you for all, everything you do. Oh, thank you so much. Well, in the last five minutes here, let me see if I can touch on those three things real briefly. Let me start with the last one um, in understanding. And now I'm drawing a blank. Um, consistency was the second one. And the universe being unchanged and infinite is the first one. Uh, the third one, Colleen, help me out. Do you remember what the third one was? Over Gigi, can you help me out? Gigi, yeah, if you wouldn't mind repeating. Yeah, uh, the third one is like the fight. First five minutes suck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really important one because I use time as an independent variable and a dependent variable of all matter, subjective and objective. And so one of the distinctions that people have uh, in order to be consistent and in order to live in an infinite abundant world so that you don't try to change everything for everyone, that you just try to learn and find light and love in it, is that a lot of times we create the most resistance to consistency and persistency. And those are the act and the activities that creates the aggregation acceleration and the compounding exponentially of the outcomes that we want. And so uh, I call it a first five minute strategy. I have non-negotiables. Some of them are of an hour day, some 30 minutes, some two minutes, some one minute. But for example, I would take either nutrition or working out as uh, two of the activities that everyone believes are good for us exercise fitness is for us as well as eating well is good for us but for some reason even though we all know that fitness and eating well are good for us that we create resistance we need to be motivated and fear does motivate us it gets us up it gets us back up it gets us started it gets us back started and so to counteract the 
resistance for especially those two, uh, I give it a non-negotiable. So every day I spend, and I use time as my dependent variable, I spend a minimum of an hour a day on my health, a minimum of an hour a day on my health. And I have, you know, many days, including today, woken up and said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's much easier to stay in bed after I meditate. It's much easier to go back to sleep. It's much easier to do something that's less strenuous than working out. And then I tell myself, you know what? I'm not going to do a minimum of an hour today, but I am going to do a minimum of five minutes. And I can quit after five minutes and go back to bed or go eat a Twinkie or whatever I want. I don't care. But I also remind myself that the first five minutes suck. The first five minutes are going to suck, but it's only five minutes. I can get through five minutes and it's going to suck. And then I'm going to go to bed or go eat a Twinkie or watch TV or TikTok or whatever else people do. I will tell you this. If you use the first five minutes suck strategy and you have your non-negotiables of that you know create good results like eating right, working out, doing good deeds, volunteering, whatever it is, and you tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to quit after five minutes. I know it's going to suck, but I'm just going to do five minutes. 100% of the time, you won't quit. And 100% of the time, when you finish, you'll never say, I wish I didn't do that. You will be so grateful. You'll be so passionate, purposeful, which will create more abundance and more faith in your life. So use the first five minutes suck strategy for all the things that you know create good progress in your life, but are hard to do because the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do, which means it's hard to do. Anyway, we are coming on 7 a.m. Pacific time. I want to thank everyone who has been here for 24 years and those who have been here for 24 minutes. I am grateful for you. you show up every Friday. Come and join our group. If you want a book or any other things, you want to know where we're going to be. We got uh, we had unbelievable travel coming up. We're going to be in Mexico City, Houston, Orlando, L.A. Uh, we're going to be in San Francisco. Uh, I have a text number that notifies me where I'm supposed to be, but it also will notify you. 949-298-2905. If you want any of the exercises or guides or you'd like to join our Monday group, david at dmeltzer.com. That's my email address. Colleen, you're an incredible moderator. I think Nick may be losing his job, Mikey. I don't know. We'll have to send him the tapes. Let them reveal themselves. She's incredible. And uh, congratulations on being a new mother the best job in the world. Go ahead, close out the room, my friend.